Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about no good thing does God withhold from us. In the Psalms, it tells us that no good thing does God withhold. In the book of Proverbs, it says it's not good when you know something good to do to withhold it. And God is good. He doesn't withhold good things from us. And so I was thinking about this, how this came up, actually is I had some things that I felt like were getting held up. They were getting withheld from me. And I began to seek after God, I began to pray him, pray to him and ask him, give me understanding of what's going on here. Is this you withholding things from me? Is this you delaying the timing for your perfect timing? What's going on here? Help me understand what's going on. And it didn't take long. Over the course of about 24 hours, he began to show me that it wasn't him withholding things from me, that I had prayed, he had sent the answers. It wasn't him withholding things from me. But we do have an enemy. We do have an enemy who's trying to steal, to kill, to destroy, to withhold things, to delay things from happening that God is sending. He's trying to do that. And he began to show me, he's trying to steal from you. He's trying to take those things that you feel like are being withheld. He's trying to steal from you. And as soon as I had the understanding of that, I knew exactly what to do. Because we teach often in our program with our partners, the Abundant Life Blueprint. Don't ever let anybody steal from you or wrong you. Forgive and give it to them. Let it go. Give it to them and trust that God's going to restore it back to you and make it right. As soon as I had understanding of that, I knew exactly what to do. And so I think we have to get to this understanding that no good thing does God withhold from us. And so we're not seeing the breakthrough. It's, it's getting withheld. we got to learn to let go of those things and trust in him. He's sending those good things. Oh, I were taking communion every day. About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and my life was way out of balance. I had just the stress and pressure of the business, working too much. Business started out great, but I got into some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars every month. And I remember just getting to the place of going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. Shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters, so on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two, and then you keep going like that until the end of the month, and then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while, and then one morning, Proverbs 13, 22 just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, and that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we can pass on to future generations? And Proverbs tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the thing. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. Areas like purpose and health and family and finances. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow exponentially. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me taught me this new way of living, how to do things a different way, a better way to live. But we make him the source, we make him the center of everything. 
And I just simply began to document what he was taking me through. And over the course of about 10 years now, it's turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. I had to learn to put off my old ways. I had to learn to do things in a new way. I had to embrace this new way of living. At times, I found myself in some impossible-looking situations, only to see God just come through over and over again and just my trust in him grow that much more. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to create a turning point in our life. Whenever we're faced with issues and problems, to create a turning point, to change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. It's an opportunity to remember his sacrifice in this new covenant we have with God. And to not forget. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep honor and reverence and awe for the sacrifice of Jesus, all that he suffered and went through for us. But also remembering all his sacrifice did for us, connecting us back to God, giving us this new covenant with him. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two minute long prayer that's mostly scripture. Coming from Ephesians chapter one and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter four. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. Thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you can fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you called us, and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us, and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. 
expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hands on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? How are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And let's remember, masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. Just basic fundamentals repeated over and over and mastered. That's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people in the Old Testament from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises and the inheritance that he had for them, there were steps and stages along their journey. They didn't just go straight there. They crossed the Red Sea. They go through the wilderness. They crossed the Jordan River. And then there's a time of transition where God tells them it's going to take you more than a year to possess the land. And all throughout that process, they had to learn to put off their old ways and to learn to do things God's way, to learn how to rest and to trust in him. And to make it all very simple, I think it takes us just believing God's got something better for our life, something better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. No good thing does he withhold. And then we've got to be willing to move forward with his plan for our lives, learning to put off our old ways, learning how to rest and to trust in him and to allow his beautiful plan to unfold in his perfect timing. So our first fundamental, how are we going to do all this? Our first fundamental, we've got to take our position in the light today. Every day, we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And I think it starts with humility. Jesus says, you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to humble yourself like this little child. It's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Humbling ourselves in relationship to God. Humbling ourselves in relationship to other people. It takes humility to repent. And Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. We're going to walk in forgiveness. We're going to receive forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. To walk in the light is to walk in love. We're going to take our position in love today, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrong, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that this day today, we get access to his spirit and power and presence. His love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. 
fellowship with God, fellowship with people. There's health and energy and time and resources and finances. It's all available to be received. But we've got to learn how to get in position and then how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our lives. So our first step is to get in position. Our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. It's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. Where we have hearts that understand God's grace, we become more consistent in this. And to magnify the light, we've talked about this example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of the issues and problems and testings that we're facing in life. The other basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for his name, for who he is, for his character. Praising him for all that he's done. Which basket, to magnify the light, which basket are we going to put our focus and attention and our thoughts and our words into? Which one are we going to fill up with our meditation? So to magnify the light, we can magnify God's word and his promises, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's impossible for him. We can magnify everything that he's done for us in Christ. And then what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. He's going to sustain it by the power of his word. Just filling up that basket of praise. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing not to focus on them, not to magnify them. In the face of those issues and problems, we're going to fill up that basket of praise. But it does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, doing things our own way. Filling up that basket of the issues and problems by thinking about it and talking about it, toiling away, trying to figure them out. Venting, complaining, pouting. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. We're going, to have, we're going to have lack of fellowship with God, lack of fellowship with people. We might find ourselves retaliating at people, withholding good things that we know to do. We're talking about that today. A symptom of darkness. Things are being withheld. We're not doing the good that we know to do. We're avoiding people, giving them the silent treatment. On the inside, there's this heaviness and weight and pressure, like it's all sitting on you. Might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, depression, like you're trapped or you're stuck and it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure just drains all the energy out of you on the inside. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry, frustration. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, living in regret of the past. replaying things from the past, having flashbacks of the past. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a pattern, something that we get stuck in. It can become a vicious cycle. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. When we rest, God goes to work and everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. Something I'm going to throw out there today. If you feel like good things are being withheld from you. In that specific area, check your positioning. Is that area kicking you out of the light? 
check your positioning in that area because when you're in the light, no good thing does he withhold. They get withheld when we get knocked out of position and we're magnifying the wrong things. And when we step into light, we rest and he works and everything just begins to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace that if we ever miss it, we ever get off track, we can get back in position in literally just a moment. And is learning to recognize those symptoms quickly and turn it back around. How do we turn it? One of the things I want to talk about today that I felt like I haven't talked about on these communion meditations in a little bit is presence is the grace table turner. Presence is the grace table turner. Get more present. Usually when we get kicked out of light, we're, we're living in the future. We're living in the past. Get more present, number one. Recognize those symptoms. Get more present. And then we've got to humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves and stop beating ourselves up over it. We reconcile with others. We forgive others. Say we're sorry. And we start praising and magnifying him, filling up that basket of praise. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental. We've got to stay tuned in today. You feel like good things are being withheld from you. We're going to talk about today. Seek God for understanding of what's really going on. And then we've got to stay tuned into him. He's going to show you. If you will ask him for understanding of what's going on, he will show you every single time. If you stay positioned in the light and you stay tuned in. My favorite way to stay tuned into him is with a journal before bed. And I like to start with what we call some filters. These filters are just short phrases, maybe one word, just a reminder of God's standards for our life, his vision and plan that's unfolding in our life. And we keep rewriting these at the top of our journal every night as a way to reinforce his standards and vision and plan for our life. Helps us to navigate throughout the day. For example, a filter might look like God is working continually for my good and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate when there's issues and problems throughout the day. Keeps it top of mind. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we magnify them, the more of them we're going to see. They begin to grow bigger. And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned in to him today. we got to stay plugged into him. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection, just take one to two minutes. Just slow down. Get connected to him. Think of it like plugging a phone back in. You're going to get powered up in him. And then our fourth fundamental, you begin to seek him for understanding. You get positioned in the light. You begin to magnify him. He begins to give you understanding. As soon as you understand, you'll know exactly what to do. And then you got to do it. You got to do what you know to do today. As soon as I got understanding of what was happening, I knew exactly what to do. As soon as you get to a place of understanding, you'll have knowledge of what to do. 
in that exact situation? What do you know to do today? That becomes the plan for the day. The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because sometimes I was getting out ahead of him. I'm toiling away, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's really easy to come up with all kinds of reasons to procrastinate. What do you know to do today? That becomes the plan. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So this is how I start my days now. The very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. that He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith. His grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to bring these good and perfect gifts from above into our life. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today. Like I said, I, I felt like I had some things that were being withheld. And so I began seeking God. I'm like, God, is this you? Are you withholding things? What's going on here? Help me to have understanding. And that key prayer, I believe, help me to understand what's going on in the situation. He began to show me these verses. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalms 84, 11. Now you might say, well, how do I know if I'm walking uprightly? Well, if you're in Christ, you're righteous, blameless, holy, perfect in his sight. If you're in your position in the light, no good thing does he withhold from you. Proverbs chapter 3, 27 and 28. This is Solomon talking. This is a command. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it's in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. So God does not withhold good things. And it's not good when you know something good to do and to withhold that from somebody. That's not good. That's not God. And then this verse began to come, come to mind. In the book of Daniel, Daniel's seeking after God. He's seeking after God because he's trying to understand what's going on because some, some bad things are happening. And, he's, and the angel comes to Daniel. And he says, do not be afraid, Daniel, he said. For from the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I've come in response to them. However, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. So there's an enemy fighting against these things. No good thing does God withhold. But God, there's an enemy trying to withhold some things. And I think the greatest thing we can do is keep your positioning in the light. Like I said, check your positioning in that area where you feel like something's being withheld from you. You've prayed about it. You've asked God about it. But it feels like it's being withheld. Make sure that area is not kicking you out of the light. 
that you're not losing your position, getting angry, getting frustrated, venting, complaining, filling up that basket of the problem. Make sure you're keeping your position. And if it's getting withheld from you, it means it's getting stolen. It's getting blocked or stolen from you. And the greatest thing I've learned to do in those situations, don't let anybody ever steal from you. Give. Let it go. And if you will let it go, he's a God of justice. He'll make it right. So Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for these scriptures today. We thank you that no good thing do you withhold from us. That the good that you know to do, you always do. You have the power to do it. You always do it. You don't procrastinate and wait for it. You always do it at the perfect time. And Father, ask, we're asking for your help today. In any areas that we feel like, or that you know of, that's been withheld from us. We've prayed and asked you for things. But those answers have been withheld. We're asking for your help to give us understanding. We're humbling ourselves before you today, asking for understanding of what's going on. Because I know once we have understanding, we'll know exactly what to do. How to navigate through that. We just thank you for that. And we thank you on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take a moment to remember. Talk about no good thing does he withhold. He sent his one and only son for us. And if he would do that, how would he not freely give us all things? He sent his one and only son for us. Jesus is willing to come and humble himself even unto death on a cross. And the cup of God's wrath is poured onto his body. He suffered. The cup of his wrath is poured onto his body. He was crushed by God. He was destroyed by God. If he would do that, how would he not freely give us all things? But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. He connects us back to God, makes us holy and righteous and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. Father, we're thankful for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. We've been cleansed by him. He's our faithful high priest. Made atonement for our sins. He's cleansed us. Given us this new covenant with God, this blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us, working for our good. No good thing does he withhold from us. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. <clears throat> All right, let's talk about some workout stuff. Yep. Short-term versus long-term. Unfortunately, in the world of fitness, 
most everything you see out there is all about the short term. Let's get results fast. Let's get the results today. Let's get them tomorrow. The next 21 days, 90 days, whatever it may be. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people, they get into this and they do extreme things, but then they can't sustain it. And then they fall off the wagon and they can't keep it up over the long term. In our fitness, we need a balance of both short-term action, doing those things that we know to do today. We've got to take a more gentle or more humble approach that allows us to be successful over the long term. You need both. So make sure the approach you're taking allows you to be consistent day to day, to make small, consistent progress day to day, but to do so in such a way that sets you up for a long-term success. Taking a more gentle approach, a more consistent approach with it. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.